Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's I cannot contain my excitement. <laughs> I've been waiting for this episode for, like, literal months. I think I put, uh, I came up with a list of these TV shows that we had to watch for the fall network yeah. pilots like i don't know Ugh. in july maybe that's how excited <laughs> i was for them like this episode uh such yeah. a joy i loved it last year can't wait i to get know into and it. this year we have the same amount we're talking about 16 pilots that premiered across all the major networks from abc to cbs or yeah cbs yes <laughs> and and we're assuming that you've heard of absolutely none of them. So uh, you don't have to have watched any of these to enjoy them because we watch them for you. And for a lot of those, you're freaking welcome because they're a disaster. So there's a few maybe like eh, sort of decent <laughs> like pieces of gold hidden in a large uh, <laughs> pile of crap. So, you know, hard to find the good stuff. But we watch them all. We'll be giving you a recap. How do you feel like this year in general, like compares to last? Like, do you think there were better shows this year or last year? I feel like I liked more of the shows this year. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like the shows I think that I liked this year are ones that uh, the networks wanted me to like, if that makes Mm. sense. I feel like last year, the ones that I liked liked turned out to be (laughs) Yes, but turned out to be like the ones that were maybe the more like below the radar and then got canceled subsequently, where this year I feel like the ones that I like are sort of more the like bigger splashy ones and the The, bad ones are the ones ones. that they aren't advertising. Yes. Yeah, for sure. They actually managed to choose some some ones that actually worked out well. They put their money behind the right, the cart behind the right horse. But we should talk about last year's because I looked through our predictions and opinions and takeaways from our <laughs> 2018 review. And I've got to say, Matt, you have bad taste. That's just categorically fact. Just looking at this single, <laughs> How single one last you? year. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, six out of the 16 shows got canceled. And three of those canceled shows were in your top five. Yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that's <laughs> correct. But two of them were in your top five. So let's yeah, not be pointing yeah. too many fingers here. Yeah. I think that, honestly, last year, we were going into it. So I mean, I don't know. We were going into <laughs> it looking at the shows that we liked and didn't like and not necessarily like predicting as much as to right. whether or not it would get cut. Because there were some that like I just honestly thought were terrible, but in the and but they didn't were get all canceled. Renewed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and in hindsight, I'm sort of like That's I think un- that makes yeah. sense because they're <laughs> like uh, I don't know, they're like very um, like procedurally or like <laughs> like they're they're not okay. new or inventive in any ways. They're right, very boring. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the sure. same goes for you. Your number sixteenth ranked show is still uh, on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But three of my top five have been renewed and continue to perform well. And like, yes, I am still watching The Rookie and A Million Little Things. And I am not ashamed. Like The Rookie has actually gotten better, I'd say. it. It's reached that point where Nathan Fillion is like, he feels secure. And so he lost some weight. He put on some muscle. He's looking good. 
million little things is kind of straggling. But again, I love Psych, so I'm there for him basically. But your favorite got canned. So yes, the <laughs> kids, the kids are all right, which I thought was good. It, it is weird though. I will say this: last year, I remember in the run up to this, we were talking and was like, how many of these are going to be canceled by the time we even air the episode? And mm-hmm. none of them had been at that <laughs> point. And then only. Yeah. And then really only a couple of them were canceled like during their run. Most of them just like kind of had their run and didn't get extended and then were announced as canceled at the end of the year. Where this year they've already canceled two (laughs) of the 16 shows. So I think we're on a different like pace, I guess, for the (laughs) networks. I don't know what they're doing differently this year, but they're chopping stuff quicker. Oh, yeah. They're coming for blood and that's okay. Because, yeah, I mean, looking at the last year's list, like, there's some weird ones that got renewed, like God Friended Me on CBS is still going strong. But the CBS shows are always hard for me to predict. And so I feel like more of last year's shows were worse than maybe some of this year's. But I don't know. I I mean, Single Parents is still doing well. And Should we do like an in-memoriam really quick for the shows <laughs> that didn't make it from last year? Just to, rem- yeah, sure. to remind people that, yeah. that this was a thing that yeah. happened. So first yours, up, so. <laughs> my number one, the kids are all right. The show about like the giant mm, Catholic yes, family set 80s, in the 70s. 70s yeah. R.I.P. Loved it. Yeah, It had its moment. Did you ever watch more than one episode? No. Oh, <laughs> No. Wait, did you Which, ever did you ever follow any of these on or no? I will say this. I did not watch a second episode of a single one of these shows <laughs> last year. And this year there's a show that I have watched four episodes oh, of. So oh. Okay. Well that's so I'm, good. News. I'm hooked on one of them at least. Yeah. Happy Together was cut. That was the yeah. there's a rock star living in my house <laughs> sitcom. Yeah. Which I didn't think was great. Poor Rel was cut. <laughs> mm. Loose Boots Monica yeah, forever. R.I.P. Actually, now that I'm looking at this, my one, two, and three were all cut because of the cool kids, the like senior <laughs> citizen oh living gosh. one, that was also cut. It was like my you least were generous favorite, when you said yeah. three of my top five. Yeah, I should have led with all of your top three were canceled. Murphy Brown was canceled, which. Mm-hmm. makes sense and then i feel bad which is a show that i had totally forgotten it ever existed it was like a video game it was like a lady playing video games or something yeah it was like the lady boss who worked with all these bros and she also had a daughter and like her parents lived with her and it was like whoa such drama how does she do it all but i am excited to get into this year's i um i like last year matt gave me his list um ranking the 16 shows we had to watch I ranked mine, and then we ra- I averaged them out. He doesn't know the results, but I definitely do. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So hold on to your hats because um, it's happening. I'm just waiting for the bombs <laughs> to drop. But quick before we get to that, uh, you can follow us on social media. We're at yes. PS You're Wrong on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We have a Gmail account at PS or PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. So follow us on there. Let us know if you watched any of these shows <laughs> because there are apparently millions of people who have. I don't yeah. know any of them, but millions <laughs> of people have watched some of these. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you can let us know if you liked them or not. I mean, TV is harder and harder to advertise because less people are watching TV. So I feel like the only time I ever saw ads for these shows was when I was watching Bachelor, which was on ABC, or any of the award shows. So 
I'm very familiar with some of these, but I went in blind to a lot of them. So I won't be surprised if literally, if some of you have literally never heard of any of these. So <laughs> in New York, there's a lot of subway ads, oh, you know, yeah. just like the posters for them. Right. But again, I had no idea what they were about <laughs> other than the poster. So some of them I went in sort of thinking it was about one thing and then watched it and was like, N- that was not what that was about at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can get into it if you're ready. I am ready. What is the least? What is our least favorite show out of this batch? You know what? We had some pretty similar bottom of the barrel ones. The least, the worst show this season, and it seems the country agrees with us because it was Sunnyside on NBC, which (laughs) you ranked 15th. I ranked it the worst ever. I hated it. This is the Cal Penn. From House, he wrote and directed this show about uh, a fictional former New York City councilman who is sort of kicked out of office and shame and finds his calling when faced with immigrants in need of his help to stay in the country. And <laughs> it was bad. It's basically like community, but instead of a oh community college, it's like a disgraced politician <laughs> yeah. helping a bunch of like immigrants try to pass their like visa test or yeah. whatever. But I just, it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand like where they thought this was like headed. Right. You know? Like, because they're studying for this citizenship test, which they only have to take once. And then it's like, <laughs> where does the series go? He becomes a. <laughs> immigrant helper i don't know also i just don't like calpin i do not think he's a talented actor and he just annoys me to no end and has since the days of house so i was probably against it from the get-go i feel like you can tell that even the network knew that this was gonna be bad <laughs> because there is nobody famous in it it oh, is yeah. like i mean he is he is but the rest of the cast is like mm-hmm. no names they were clearly making this on the cheap <laughs> yeah. uh they canceled it after, I think, only three episodes and were like, we're moving this to Hulu and then there's going to be no more episodes <laughs> of this. It only had uh, 1.7 million viewers of the premiere. Yeah. And then that went down afterwards. Like, it was just a disaster from the start. Oh, yeah. It was a hot mess. And uh, surprisingly, not the least well, re- not the worst reviewed show from Rotten Tomatoes this this season, I oh. guess. It has 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, but there's one more that has that has a little bit worse. So we'll oh, get to yes. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Ooh. that was 16th. It's garbage. You don't you're not missing anything and it won't last long. So you're welcome. <laughs> then we get mm-hmm. to 15th in our rankings, uh, which is Batwoman on CW, the much lauded <laughs> Um, queer Batwoman featuring Ruby Rose, which we all know from the Meg. So, uh, uh, the moment I saw those posters go up, I was oh like, "This gosh. is going to be a disaster." Yeah. Ruby Rose is a terrible actress. Terrible. We know this from the Meg. Yeah. She couldn't pull off that, and it turns out she can't pull off Batwoman. I have never <laughs> seen someone deliver like such bland, like unaffected line readings oh, in my so entire bad. life, like. We understand that she's a hot lesbian. Like, Mm -hmm. that we know, but I don't understand who saw her in an audition, saw a previous piece of work that she did, and was like, yes, this person should be headlining a 
Batman <laughs> franchise on the CW. Yeah, it, no. she is bad. Everyone in the show is bad. And like, yes, it's CW. Like, I get that. But CW has managed to do some good shows. And just none of that is working here. Like, you know, last year we had All American, the football show, which had some heart to it. I watched oh, the yeah, first season of The 100. I mean, you love Riverdale, right? That's CW. Riverdale? Yeah. Riverdale is like bad acting, but it's like it's good bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. And the plots are just crazy. This was like not bad enough to be good, but not good enough to be good. Yeah, everyone also, was bad. Like I've, n- I don't know Batwoman like origin stories or whatever, or who she is in the comic books, or if she has villains, if she goes against different villains yeah. in Batman. But the villain that they cooked up for her to go against is just named Alice, uh-huh. and it's just a villain who has a weird knife and quotes Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and, like, how long can that last? That's the villain for the season. Yeah. I mean, the twist... I mean, it's a weird... It is a weird story, because it's, like, Batman's cousin who didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Batman. But Batman has, in this world, just disappeared for three years. And, and the... <laughs> And the city doesn't know how to cope. So there's a new police like system for hire where they protect the city and they finally made it safe enough for Gotham to have a movie night, like in the worst park I've ever yes. seen. Yeah. And there's like 12 <laughs> people there. But anyways, so Batman's <sighs> cousin is really upset because when she was young, her do- her sister died in a car accident and Batman failed to save them. And so she's really tormented about how she hates Batman. But then she finds out through the course of this episode, like spoiler alert, that, oh, it's her cousin. And she finds a Batwoman suit perfectly um, fit to her curves. And she decides to go and make Gotham feel safe again for real. But then at the very end, you find out that Alice is actually presumably this long lost sister who did not die in a car crash and and was not killed by Batman. And so that sort of becomes the, oh, how are they going to connect? Like, oh, is she redeemable? What happened that made her this way? But it's a, it's a But mess. like the worst themed villain oh, yeah. ever. I mean, yes, there's the sister thing, but like how many Alice in Wonderland quotes can you possibly have? <laughs> I mean, they shoehorned a lot of them into this episode. Yeah. But like by episode six, what is this character going to be doing? There's only so many times you can say, what is a raven like a writing desk or whatever? <laughs> and yes, just to reemphasize the event, the big like welcome back event of the city was a movie <laughs> under the stars yeah and it's like what have they been doing for like, three years like not going to with. parks at night like what what has made them so scared of their own city just because batman's not there like like i just felt like there was a lot of context missing and then also she has these daddy issues and he's like i don't want you to join the police force but i'm gonna send you to do all this secret training so that then you can come and join my police force and and she's really struggling with it it's a it's a lot of a lot it's- it's very muddled. And then at the beginning, she's like off training with some shaman guy where he's like, somehow or another, she's under like, she's underwater in like a frozen yeah. pool. We don't really know how she got under there. But then like, she has to break through the ice. It's very strange. The most baffling thing is that this has a 70% oh, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Who liked this? <laughs> I think people. I mean, I get it. You're excited that a major comic book character is queer and like great representation matters, but at least do good by it. You know, like there are a million CW shows I'd rather watch before this. 
Yeah, watch all of Riverdale 17 <laughs> times before I watch another episode yeah. of Bad Woman. Oh, but then, speaking of Riverdale, at 14 on our list is Nancy Drew, also on CW. Oh! I can't believe you like this, this as is, much as you did. This is surprising to me. I mean, I had this at number 10, so like not super high, but there were a lot of shows I liked less than oh, Nancy I had Drew. it at 14. I, I found it so boring and just like unoriginal and not at all interesting and just bad acting. And, and it was just too much like Riverdale that I was like, why did they bother making this on the same network? Yes, it was... I mean, it's a Nancy Drew reboot but she's like a where basically there's like yeah yes yes she's like 19 yeah. i guess so whatever she just sex. graduated high yeah. school she's not going to college yeah so it can be steamy. yeah <laughs> which they open up with like nancy oh, Drew yeah. really like going at it with her boyfriend <laughs> yeah. who's not her boyfriend it's yeah. yeah it was it was a lot from the jump they were like this is <laughs> surprise if you tuned in because yeah. you liked reading these books because it is a very different yeah. concept we got going on but Nancy Drew is sort of like a witness to a murder outside of this like chowder shop that she works at. <laughs> it's open and I presume that the whole season is going to be, yeah, like <laughs> discovering who the murderer is, which is basically the exact same plot as Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. It's set in New England, which so is Riverdale. It stars like the same type, like cast of the jock oh, yeah, and yeah. the misunderstood girl and the rich girl the character veronica from riverdale <laughs> is like rich girl from new york who like moves out to the suburbs and who has to become a waitress at this diner <laughs> because her family lost their money and that exact same character arc is for one of these yeah. characters it's like they just found okay quick go back through your case files and get all of the people who like made it to the last round of auditions for riverdale but we didn't cast yeah. and we'll just make another show for them well, and, and it'll be is like Drew. like Riverdale had some like you know names on it like Cole Sprouse I knew and um I think I knew the blonde girl before but maybe not but this is like absolutely nobody like literally nobody I've ever heard of like the main girl doesn't even have a Wikipedia page that's like how nobody she yes is, you know yes <laughs> so they were just scraping at the bottom of the barrel there also the main girl had the most nondescript face yes. I have ever seen if you lined up a group of people in front <laughs> of me I could not pick her out and I watched her on TV for a whole yeah. hour like the face registered nothing Oh, and it was me. a long hour. It was so long and so boring. I just could not care about anyone or anything. Also, was Nancy Drew solving like ghost mystery stuff or just like true crime stuff? It's been a long time. I think it was sort of scooby Dooy, oh, okay. sort of, you know, where like maybe it was a ghost, but actually it was the old lighthouse keeper right. or, you know, right, whatever. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll the allow it. Nancy <laughs> Drew movie starring Emma Roberts, though, is truly <laughs> like a classic. And that version of Nancy Drew has so much like more pizzazz to her than yeah. this one does. This whole series is an insult. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have your Emma Roberts um, stand there, so it's hard to know if you're being uh, <laughs> totally honest. I defy but... <laughs> anyone to tell me that this Nancy Drew no, reboot is right. better than the Nancy <laughs> Drew movie, because it is not, and you are lying. Yeah, and the fact no, that I have had this at number 10 tells you about I <laughs> know. I was surprised, because I, I would have assumed that you would have been rankled by how bad this was and how boring it was giving your love for the drama and the high stakes of Riverdale. <laughs> you know, it was less boring to me than some of these other shows. Mm. Okay, which okay. We'll get into them. 
Yeah, we're coming up on number 13, which is uh, the second show that has already been canceled, Bluff City Law on NBC, (laughs) (laughs) which which I put on and I was like, why is this a show? Don't we have 18 other shows identical to this? It's a it's a procedural drama about it's set in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, It's about a daughter who's a high stakes lawyer who who decides after some great like daddy issue moment to go and work for her dad's firm as like the good guy for once. And the first episode was just so bonkers to me because, and this is, this is before we even get into like the quality of this, of the, <laughs> the, the premiere itself. But just the storyline is she has been on the opposite end of like these I guess like pharmaceutical companies or just big companies who need a lawyer to go silence the little guy. And so she's well versed in their tricks, but this whole episode, she's like, how could they do this? Like, what are they, what are they thinking? And, and then like, it just ends up coming to this point where <laughs> like the, <laughs> the climax of this court case is that she asks a question. I don't even remember what it was, but the, the judge is literally like, you can't ask that. Like the jury is expected to forget this. Like it can't be a part of the case. But then the next scene is her dad telling her how proud he was of her and how that question was going to win the case. And like, wow, like you were so brave to do that. What a clever way to ask that question. You totally got one over on them. And I'm like, what are you, what's happening here? Like who is writing this law law story? Cause it's not working. Something is missing. You did not fact check how this works. Jimmy Smith, who plays the dad <laughs> in this like duo against Caitlin McGee, who is another person who does not have a Wikipedia yeah. page. Uh, he he started in NYPD Blue in mm-hmm. West Wing. He was in a season of Dexter. Like he has a lot of he was in Star Wars. Like he has a lot of stuff under his belt, but most of it is older. And I feel like in the past decade, every other year he comes up with some new procedural that just doesn't do well. And this was this year's entry point into that. (laughs) Yeah. It was canceled already. It only had a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Just like not good. Boring. I had this at number 11, like whatever, very like just very (laughs) run of the mill, like nothing, nothing that, nothing that egregious, but also like nothing exciting at all. Like, why do we need this show? Yeah. And there are two guys in it who look identical. They were so hard to like keep track of. One of them looks like a poor man's Tom Hardy. And he like talked with a very serious, like weird, I don't know, like thing where he would, he would just like take talk really slow and like squint his eyes. It was weird. It was a lot of bad acting and a lot of weird character choices. There is also this whole plot line that has nothing to do with the father-daughter. It's another person who works at the firm who like is investigating this man who is in jail (laughs) and apparently has been falsely accused. Uh (laughs) There's evidence that this man is in jail but he did not commit the crime but he confessed to it. And this lawyer is just flabbergasted of like why did he confess to this crime if he didn't do it? And at the end of the episode the man says, oh, the reason why I confessed is because I wanted my wife and son to be able to move on from this. (laughs) And it's like what? (laughs) But you didn't do it. So like what? Like just the most stupid rationale. I forgot about that. 
I also love that at the beginning of the episode, it opens with her screaming and what appears to be frustration in a bathroom. And she's like, oh, why do I do this job in a voiceover? And then the episode ends with her in that scene. And you realize she's screaming from joy because she won the case. And she's like, this is why I do this job. <laughs> this episode had a lot of voiceover, yeah. but it pales in comparison to one of these other shows that was, <laughs> I think, 75% voiceover. Oh, man, I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to think of all the voiceover. Well, we'll get to it. There is one of them. It's just <laughs> all voiceover, yeah. basically. But okay, yeah, that's your, that's your Bluff City Law. And then we move to 12. And it is Almost Family from Fox, which is the uh, Britney Snow, uh, Emily Osment vehicle about a woman who finds out her dad, who was a big um, OBGYN type whatever, had used his own sperm to impregnate his patients and has had over a hundred children throughout his career because of this. And this show is based on an Australian show called Sisters, which I watched the first half of that show. And so this oh. is basically a carbon copy of it. And so it was very weird to watch the American version and think, how did they manage to make a show even more boring? You know, the second time around. Because <laughs> <laughs> like The Office, they took a show... And they made it, you know, better for its American audience. The American audience could appreciate more. This was just like, oh my gosh. Like you ranked it at 12. I had it at 10. And this is the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes at 27%. But yeah, what were your thoughts on Almost Family? (laughs) Yeah, it stars Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect and Emily Osment from Hannah Montana. Timothy Hutton is the uh, the father, the like in vitro doctor. (laughs) The problem with this show is that it it's like not a comedy. It stars comedic <laughs> people, but it's not a yeah. comedy. And but it's also like not a full it's not like an interesting drama. There's not really right. like any kind of plot or suspense to it. Mm-hmm. It just circles around these girls who just happen to all have the same father yeah. because he used his sperm in the <laughs> in vitro process. Yeah. But the thing that I was sort of confused about, which maybe this is like maybe this is going to make me sound really stupid, but like everybody in the show is aghast that this has happened, that this doctor would use his own sperm for like <laughs> yeah. getting these people pregnant. But isn't like the point people the reason why people do this is because they are having a lot of difficulty getting pregnant. Uh-huh. So like yes, I understand that like obviously you want to use like your husband's <laughs> oh, sperm man, or man, whatever. Man, man. But but he, no, it's oh, just no. like after you've had the child <laughs> oh, for like God. 20 some years or whatever. Like I understand that it's shocking, but I don't I don't understand like the amount of anguish that these people are going okay, through about well, something that happened like yeah. 30 years mm, ago. Okay, well, time yeah, okay. Well, let's just unpack this. So I think the issue here is that a man without a woman's consent impregnated her with his own semen. She did not consent to his semen. She thought she was getting something else entirely. She was under, she was told by this man in power that, oh yeah, I'm helping you do this thing you chose. But instead he does this other thing because of some God complex where he's like, I don't know, my sperm is superior. I've done this before. Maybe I can keep doing it. Oh, I'm helping them. But really, he just ends up like stalking these kids to see how great his 
jeans turn out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I understand. So you're saying yes, no. that they should be grateful for the kid no, they got. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, I understand like, yes, it's a bad thing that he did. Terrible. And then he shouldn't have done it. And also he's doing it for like not great reasons. Mm. But it's just so long ago for all of these people that I don't, I don't know. I mean, imagine if your mom found out that you were not who you, who it's just like very dirty and it's very gross and it is borderline rapey. Like it's like, wait a second like this is not at all appropriate so yeah of course they love their kid they're grateful for their kid but they could have had a kid with the sperm that they chose you know what i mean and it's like i think the issue is oh i should just let this go i have a 30 year old kid i happen to like like mm, i don't know i can see the urge to maybe prosecute i guess (laughs) well so i'm not i'm not like really talking about the morality of it necessarily because right. I know that it's wrong so much as like I don't think it's an interesting enough right, premise right, right. Yeah. for a TV show like yeah. I don't think that this would be that big of a story that it warrants the amount of attention that it gets on the show and that you would have a whole show based about it you know yeah I see your point I mean there have been stories like this that do get a lot of news news attention but like yeah as far as a premise for a tv show like the the australian one was definitely funnier it was more about oh he had a hundred kids and only three of them happened to be sisters so it more became about wow like how crazy that i do have these two sisters like what are the odds like how similar we are blah 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 let's so it pivots really quickly to just being about these three totally different people realizing they have this sort of support system that they were all missing in other ways. But it is like watching this one, they take it very seriously, but they're also not leaning into the like seriousness of the creepy dad. And they're all sort of like annoying people. So you don't find yourself caring about any of them. And it's sort of like in four episodes when he's in prison for what he did, what are they going to talk about? Because they all just are the worst. Right. It's like not bad enough for it to be an actual like interesting drama, but they're also not making it a comedy. Mm-hmm. So what what's the angle? Yeah, I, guess? I doubt it'll last long. I mean, no one likes it. It's done terribly in the ratings so far. And they're just yeah, it's not they're not good. And no one seems to be enjoying themselves or feeling challenged by it and everyone is just kind of an awful person and Brittany Snow is very unlikable which is strange for Brittany Snow but I found her very annoying yeah and Fox like Fox only has three new shows this year and they already renewed one of them and this one started late it didn't start like the same week as some of the other shows did I feel like it's they only need it like if this show is canceled by the time this episode comes out, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed, honestly. Uh, uh-huh. And then we get into um, number 11, which is another CBS show, All Rise, <laughs> which is another procedural which follows, instead of like following one avenue of law, it's about all the judges, prosecutors, and defenders in this courthouse in LA. So you had this at 13... And I had it at nine because I hated a lot of these shows way more than this. I mean, yeah, this just, it was a procedural. It felt very stagey to me. Yeah. The the hook or whatever is that it's this late, it's this black woman who has been a prosecutor or something. She's been a lawyer in the 
courthouse and now she's been promoted to judge so this is like her having to adjust to being a judge when she used to be a lawyer all of her friends are still lawyers but it's also about kind of other people who just happen to work at the courthouse and all of their kind of interactions it falls like a bailiff and you know a (laughs) defense attorney whatever (laughs) it was just like pretty meh for me (laughs) and i also found it utterly ridiculous that one of the opening scenes of the show is the judge coming in and there being like a hostage situation (laughs) in the courtroom Mm -hmm. where the criminal like grabs the bailiff's gun and commits suicide and yet that is not addressed in the rest of the episode that's sort of just like oh like a tack on scene in the front wait 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 what no the the show opened with the judge comes in and is like why is this girl she's being mistreated like what are you guys doing and then the bailiff is like mad and is like get out of here or like the the i think the bailiff the like police guy in there is mad he pulls his gun but no one commits suicide. I think they tackle him, and um, I'm pretty you, sure. I thought it was a suicide. I don't uh, maybe think I was so. only half I think watching. he just. I don't think anyone died. He tried to shoot someone, but he was tackled. He was just having a bad day, and then they sort of joked way, about it, like how he had to. Just part of the go reason home. why I am <laughs> struggling to remember this is because it had nothing to do with the rest of the. Episode. I kind of liked it. It was splashy. I think that's what was interesting is because I watched a lot of procedurals and like. You just get the one angle, whereas this was just the chaos of a of a courtroom, which obviously this was a very extreme example. But I kind of like I found it interesting to see how all these paths like intersect in a way that you don't always see per se on TV. And I just I really like the the main girl, um, Simone Mizek, who I think is from Luke Cage. And this is like her first big leading role. And she also had cute chemistry with one of the lawyers. And I was like, oh, that's spicy. Like, where would that go? Like, oh, scandalous office romances. But yeah, I mean, it's a CBS show, so not perfect. I sort of don't see this getting canceled. It feels like something that could, you know, be on for 55 seasons. <laughs> but yeah. I just did not. I don't know. It, <laughs> I didn't like it. You and I felt like it was all watching. over the place. Yeah, no, I mean, it Whatever. was. It was. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Whatever. Some of these other ones I was paying yeah. more attention for, I promise. <laughs> That's so funny. That would have been a dark show. They just don't care about this guy bleeding out on the on the courtroom floor. But anyways, um, so we move on to uh, number 10, which is our Fox show. The only animated one on this list. Bless the hearts. Bless the oh, freaking wow. hearts. You liked this. You had it at number six. Yeah. I had it at 11. Oh, really? This, yeah. this, this is the sort of like women of SNL uh, <laughs> entry into Fox's comedy hour time slot. It stars Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Um, it's from an SNL writer. Camille Nanjiani is in it, does, doing one of the voices. Ike Barinholtz, Jillian Bell, like a lot of big name stars. It's it's basically yeah, it's just about a redneck by family. The Lego movie. Yeah. Oh, is it by the Lego Movie yeah. people? Yeah, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are. So I should have liked it, but mm-hmm. so here's the thing. I would have ranked this lower. I did not think that it was hysterical. Other than there is this one bit that's reoccurring where <laughs> they're collecting what is basically a beanie baby except for they're called huggin bugs and they're all a mix of a, a 90s fad with like a 
egregious 90s pop culture reference, like uh, O.J. Simpson or uh, I don't know. What are the other ones? But I just found those <laughs> so I found that part of it like clever enough with all these 90s references that it, I sort of like <laughs> upped it a couple of spots. So easy to please. I thought that was so boring. The only bit I liked was the was the Jesus painting coming to life and some oh, yeah. of those were some of those moments were funny, but that's just because he's always so funny and I just I I just felt like cuz you were like, "Oh, this is the, you know, you have to support women in comedy." But I feel like I get annoyed by some of these SNL comedians who just seem so high on themselves that they think anything they do is golden. And I just felt like a lot of these characters, jokes, they were just like like what's new about it? What's interesting? Like I just didn't think it was that funny. And I can see that maybe they'd like grow into themselves or whatever. But it wasn't a great premiere to me. And also I just don't love animated stuff. So there's that working against it. <laughs> yeah, this is the show that was already renewed for a second season though. So oh, really? Fox must be like thinking well, it's this a big is cast. Great. They they definitely want to keep on <laughs> on their ticket. And maybe, it, I mean, have you watched more of this one at all? No, I haven't. Yeah. But I could see how this would get better as yeah. you understand the characters more. It does feel right. like it could have a sort of like Simpsons, Family Guy-ish kind of thing going on just with these SNL people instead. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you like animated shows, I'm sure this one is fine. Uh, Rob likes animated and he didn't love this one, but whatever i just i just don't enjoy it so i'm not a good judge for it but you know matt liked it a little so if you if you're interested in animated or you like those comedians then you might enjoy this i mean they make fun of rednecks i guess mostly so yeah but like not at the same time i don't know right right, yeah i liked it it was fine yeah it wasn't i put it at number six like not world changing but yeah. Better than a lot of the stuff. I'm shocked <laughs> that my I'm like my bottom placed one has not been read yet. So that means you <laughs> must have really liked it and I am just so confused by this. You just have bad taste. We already established that. But anyways, we get to one that was sort of middle of the pack for both of us. Number nine, the next Fox show, Prodigal Son. It's literally it's literally a ripoff of Hannibal, which is a superior show that everyone should watch if they even have an inkling of interest in this one. But you talk about it. You explain this one, please. (laughs) So Prodigal Son is about the son of a famous serial killer who is working for the NYPD. And there is another serial killer on the loose who is imitating his father. And it's (laughs) unclear whether or not the father is like involved with the new serial killer. But it's basically one of those we ha- we need to we need the old serial killer to help us find new serial killers <laughs> type of procedural. Yeah. And-, yeah, and the old serial killer is like in the nicest psych ward I have ever seen. He's wearing a cardigan. He has a room and a desk. And I think they imply that he has patients he sees. Yes, I was confused whether he had <laughs> the, still had old case files from patients that he had had before being arrested, but they just let him keep those for some reason. Mm-hmm. Or if he is seeing patients currently despite being one of the most notorious <laughs> serial killers ever. Because yeah. it implied, it heavily implied to me that what ended up being the copycat killer had been visiting him and seeing him and stole pages from his notebook at the psych ward. So 
That or was maybe very was given weird the pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like a lot of the show, like again, Hannibal does it better, but I also really struggled with the cinematography and the coloring of the show because it's very like green tinted. Like it's very strangely tinted. I don't know if you noticed this, but it was driving I me did not. nuts. It was Are like, you sure it just wasn't like an error no, on your yeah, computer? Yeah, I know it was. It was like trying to be all serious, you know, like how Twilight has that really heavy blue tint to the, yeah. the first movie. It felt like that where it's like, see, look, we're a drama. We're gritty. And I was just like, and also he was, the main actor was a lot. He was very annoying to me, like acting wise. And I think he was hired purely for his big eyes. It's sort of a prestige cast because the main guy is Tom Payne, who's from The Walking Dead. But then you also have Michael Sheen from Masters mm-hmm. of Sex and a bunch of other things. And then Bellamy Young, who was on Scandal. So mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like the network was trying to edge more prestigious than it normally does. Like some yeah. of these shows that we haven't gotten to yet. And even like um like Bluff City Law is very clearly like we're going to take stars who were big on network television we're going to put them in a procedural and that's going to be the thing where this felt like they were sourcing from other wells and trying to be like maybe we can like create something (laughs) that's edgy enough that somebody else will be interested in despite like uh you know families in indiana who would normally watch a procedural on fox but this had the highest nielsen rating of the pack it had a 1.8 and um it's done well it was just uh, announced that they'd get the full 22 episode season so they have faith in it and i can see why people enjoy it but i'm also just like this also feels like a premise that will be hard to extend 22 episodes, you know? It's like, are all his cases going to be serial killer related and about his dad and he's going to keep visiting his dad and dealing with his inner demons and whatever? Like, I just... I don't know. Whatever. I feel like with this, though, it's easy enough to see that at some point it just kind of switches over where it's like, okay, we're just always using the dad to help us solve these cases. Right. So it's like we start the episode, oh, there was a murder or there was a, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then we're trying to figure it out. We ask the dad. The dad gives us some advice. We use that to help solve it. You know, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. it feels doable enough that it's interesting i mean some of those some of the other procedurals that have been successful recently like castle where it's like okay it's a mystery novelist teaming oh, up with castle. a detective it's like that feels like a weirder premise than this that does to me. not feel like a weirder premise because the issue with the serial killer is he's very niche right so he managed to kill people in a very niche way so how would he help with another serial killer you know what i mean he wasn't an fbi um person you can come up with profiler. serial killers all day i mean criminal that's <laughs> basically they're doing criminal minds right no i know but why would michael sheen's character know anything useful about other types of serial killers as well I'm he's saying. a psychologist oh you're right know. you're right you're right he you're right you it's got me there enough. but let's move on to the middle of the pack because you drag this down and you have hella bad taste and i need to talk to you about it because at number eight we have Perfect Harmony, which you ranked number 16 and I ranked number one. Okay. <laughs> what? What? No, I do not know what is wrong with you. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know who told you that life what? can't be fun, but you really need to see someone about this. Okay. What? 
How is this oh worse than Batwoman? Like, tell me that. Just start with that. <laughs> it was just... Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. Um, oh, this... Oh, this is the... I just... I really is- can't. Like, I also don't get you because, again, like we've mentioned endlessly, you like dumb stuff. You love Isn't It Romantic and, like, every weird no, comedy yeah. that comes out. The- I, I, this was the, I watched this, like, this was one of the first ones I watched because I was very excited about it because it's Anna Camp, who's from Pitch Perfect, mm-hmm. basically in a musical comedy yeah. where this man who's the, what, Princeton choir director mm-hmm. comes to this small town and is helping a local, like, church choir get their yeah. act together. And I did like the musical parts of it, but I just felt like it wasn't funny and the characters were all weird and it just like didn't really make sense to me. It felt like very stagey and overdone. I don't know. What are you talking about? You like Riverdale. Riverdale is the epitome of stagey and overdone. Yeah, but Riverdale like feels like it's in on the joke. I don't know. I just didn't know. This was very in on the joke. If it's a comedy. I want it to be funny, and I didn't find oh this funny gosh. at all. I was laughing out loud. I was having such a good time. I mean, I can see your point. Some of the characters, so it takes place in a very small town, like in the South, and um, this snobby dude is trying to, this depressed music teacher who was there with his dying wife, who is now dead, is trying to kill himself, and then realizes, like, well, I can't wrap my head around these weirdos, but I'm going to try and help them. And it's just, it is a very silly premise, but I thought the characters were all fun. I thought Anna Camp did great, and it felt very pitch-perfect adjacent, where you had these silly, quirky characters that shouldn't be funny, but they just worked well. Like it was very pitch perfect to me. Just happened to be set in the South and with people who didn't sing as well. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't find it funny. I don't know. (laughs) This is one that I've revisited. Like we've kept watching it. Like I just, I found it delightful. And Bradley Whitford, who most recently was in the Handmaid's Tale plays the music teacher He's obviously from West Wing as well. He does such a great job and he seems to be having so much fun. And like the end of the episode in Perfect Harmony um, in the first episode ends with this crazy musical number. And then they release these butterflies and they change the song for him. And there's this moment where he doesn't know what's happening. And then he just decides to give into it and just enjoy it. And it was just like, he did such a great job with just his facial expression that it was just so delightful. And like, I can get you not liking this, but the fact that you ranked it so low is just mind boggling to me. Absolutely mind boggling. There were a lot of comedies this year. I thought a lot of them were genuinely funny. A lot of them are at the top of my list. And this just, but I like did not. Sunny side, sunny side is better than this. In what way? There were just like, there were, the characters that were like the uh, the brother and sister, the like rich oh couple gosh. in Sunnyside, I thought were funny. What? I did not find any of the characters in Perfect Harmony funny. What on that earth? Is, I think you just that's hate the end the, of it. You just hate Southern cliches or something. I mean, if this had been you're, set you're in the Midwest, scrambling around looking for <laughs> some way to say that I hate something or another. <sighs> I mean. I don't know what to say. I I really was shocked when I saw your rankings, and I was like, okay, where is this? Where is this? Where is of this? And it was at the, the bottom. That, 
I felt like when I sent in my rankings, I was like, okay, I can see like landmines where Shelby is going to like something that I didn't <laughs> like or dislike something I like. And not in a million years did I think that that was going to be the thing that was going to it be was the just, issue. It was so delightful. It's like Glee, but like more fun and less stupid. And it just has these, I don't know. It was just the perfect amount of just random music but also these fun characters and i just thought the acting was a lot better than a lot of these shows and i just had a good time Uh, so frankly you should give it a chance because because it feels very like the good place meets pitch perfect and i just think is it doing well what are the yeah i mean it's like i mean middle of the pack i think it's like 68 on rotten tomatoes it's continued to hold around four million each episode so it's like, but that's not like, it's not nearly as good as the ratings on a lot of these other shows, though. right? Yeah, no, it's more similar to like uh, Single Parents last year, or yeah, um, I which guess. I also hated. Yeah, <laughs> you and you liked. Hate, so maybe I should have. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, we, uh, let's get to the next one because I, really I have like. questions. So at number seven, which you ranked number three. We have Carol's oh. second act from CBS. I knew that you were going to hate this. What I knew on you were earth? Hate this from How the do you start. rank this so high? Oh my gosh. I, this is Patricia Heaton's new show where she, as like a grown woman who has had a career and has ha- raised kids, goes back to school, becomes a doctor, and is now an intern at a hospital. Mm-mm. And. Mm-mm-mm. I thought this was hysterical. I've watched hysterical? all of the episodes oh of this. I have, all of I have the episodes? Are it. you kidding me? Yes. Are you joking? No, it's great. No, oh, I am great. not. This, this falls into the camp of Rel and um, the cool kids from last <laughs> season. Like, this is just... No, no, this is doing well. People are... This is this, this is, is doing, doing a lot well better than Perfect Harmony. Yeah. No, CBS is its own monolith of just, like, weirdos who will watch anything. But... The problem How with this one you? is just like they clearly had no like interest in being realistic, which you know what? It's fine, but it's like it became it's annoying. It's a multi-camera comedy. Yeah, but it's like this isn't how hospitals work. This isn't how internships work. And also the fact that in her in the pilot episode, she ends up yelling at her boss because lecturing her about how she's useful because she's old. It's just like no one would put up with that. It's just like oh, it that was scene very is so funny. No, it is not. It is not funny. It is the most cliche scene in the book where the doctor, the boss is trying to tell her good news, but the old woman is like, no, no, no. I know you're going to tell me bad news. So I'm just going to keep yelling at you and keep yelling at you and talking over you. And I'm going to make my point. And then it just is like, are you finished? And then the, the audience laughs and it's just like, this was so cliche. Every scene that happened has been done before. Number one. I love Patricia Heaton. The Middle is one of the greatest shows ever, and it did not get enough appreciation. She's so funny in this as well. Number two, they they do not make very many multi-camera comedies anymore. For For those of you who are unaware, there's two different kinds of comedies. There's multi-camera, which is where it's like filmed in front of a live studio audience. It's sort of like a stage. It's basically like a play, but that they're filming and it put and it's put on TV. Yeah. Just about every comedy that was made through like the early 2000s is multi camera, mm-hmm. like Cheers, mm-hmm. Friends, mm-hmm. I Love Lucy, like everything. And then 
somewhere in the er- in like the mid 2000s they just they switched to making comedies the same way they make any other movie or drama right. where it's one they camera and they do multiple takes mm-hmm. and it's not in front of an audience or whatever and and i just find the like energy and the humor of the multi camera like i don't know very heartwarming and fun um, it like reminds me of Home Improvement and like Frasier. I don't know. There's just so much. There's just an element to that that there isn't in some of these other shows. And I don't know. I really liked Carol's second act, but I knew that you would hate this. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be the show that Shelby doesn't like. I'm surprised it wasn't lower on your list. <laughs> I mean, it was number 13, but that just speaks to how bad a lot of these shows are. I mean, it just, yeah, it wasn't fun. And like, sure, you can lean on the nostalgia factor, but. It doesn't justify bad writing and when horrible she acting. Falls down in oh the shower, gosh. but and everyone is like knew that was going to happen was... as soon as she was standing. It's just like everything about that was just something ripped straight from the nineties. Like if you had told me this show came out ten years ago, I would have believed you because it's just like none of it was original or interesting, and all the characters felt so weird and half drawn. And then Ashley Tisdale popped up. Says and you the just, person who liked Perfect no. <laughs> Harmony. You just know Speaking Ashley Tisdale is hoping that Disney Plus will call with a spinoff for Sharpay. You just, she does not want to be in this CBS show as Her the daughter. Her is very strange. She's <laughs> in this for like, for like a hot second. She's in episode two, then she's not in episode three oh, at all. Well, I'm like, is there like a scheduling conflict or something, <laughs> but she's going to do more later? I don't know. She doesn't want to do it. Okay, moving on. Yeah. So then we have um, Bob Hart's Abby Shola, which is the next CBS comedy. We both had it at seven on our list because it just feels, you know, middle of the pack. Basically, this middle-aged white guy who runs a stock company starts to be interested in this nurse, Abby Shola, and it becomes this comedic, I don't know, sort of he's pursuing her and there's cultural differences and look at immigrant life in America. And um, it was fine. It kind of felt stalkery to me. And like a lot of things he was doing is a big hard no for me. But yeah. <laughs> and there was like maybe some like I wasn't sure if there were parts of it that were maybe a little racist. Yeah. It felt a little like not not PC to me. Yeah. But I thought it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. It yeah. stars the guy from Mike and Molly. And it's from Chuck Lore who is like a famous sitcom person. Mm-hmm. He did Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, Mom, Young Sheldon, Kaminsky Method, like lots of big shows. So I don't see this going anywhere. It's getting good ratings. It feels like something that especially middle America will think is very yeah. funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say on this. Yeah, it's, like, it's just, just like, fine. Whatever. There's nothing to write home about. Um, and then we get to our top five. And first up is Mixed Dish on ABC, <laughs> which again, I just, I, you had it at eight. I had it at six. Um, it's pretty well reviewed. It's 77%, uh, 1.5 rating. People think it'll grow into itself a little bit. This is a spinoff from the Blackish franchise, which also had Grownish, which is about their adult daughter, whereas this is a sort of prequel about the mother figure and her growing up in the 70s and kind of figuring out what it's like to be half black half white in middle america so and this had a lot of voiceover oh, like so yeah, much yeah, voiceover yeah. from tracy ellis right. ross and i i mean maybe that will maybe that's just like set up because it's the I first so. episode and it's like this spinoff or whatever but i found this episode like not really that engaging at all and kind of 
yeah, there was just it. It felt weird. I guess it was because it was a weird setup spinoff thing, but it just it didn't feel like a. I don't know. It felt strange to me. Yeah, I thought it was like I think it has more potential because I think Grownish has become like unwatchable because it doesn't have any like narrative backbone. It's all very like lesson based. So each episode is like, oh, let's explore this problem that millennials are facing, and Blackish similarly is more like teachable moments. Whereas this seems like, okay, it's about a family, less about like, I don't know. Like, obviously, there's the elements of racial issues and inequality. preachy to me. <laughs> but I feel like maybe it'll grow into itself better than the other shows. I don't know. I'm also confused as to why they're doing a second spinoff to Blackish because I was looking at the numbers for Blackish and was like, oh my gosh, is this that big of a hit <laughs> yeah. that we that it can support all of these spinoffs? And it's no. not. And it's like rapidly losing viewers. Yeah. It's not like a modern family or something that was a juggernaut and is like still Mm -mm. a big enough success or even um how i met your not how i met your mother um big bang theory which was like you could see how that was big enough that you could do more spinoffs but like one spinoff was enough for black i don't know why we need a second one i think because it was it's like loosely based on the writer's wife's experience like nbc fox abc those sort of big companies are more willing to bet on things that they're already familiar with so like oh look this is a diverse show we should just throw another name on it and set it in a different time period and then we'll have another diverse show aren't we so cool but they should really be looking for more original stories maybe yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna do a new show if you base it on an old show then there's like ip that's involved but if you're looking at the numbers for these premieres like mixedish only premiered at 5.67 million Mm -hmm. which is less than a lot of these other new shows it's less than bluff city (laughs) it's less than all rise it's less than bob hart's abishola and i think it's because like i would never start watching this show having not watched black right you know i feel like you're only getting an audience that's from blackish that's true. where some of these other shows it's like you're getting whoever's watching cbs <laughs> and thinks it's an interesting premise yeah which leads us perfectly to number four because we have the unicorn which is the uh comedy about a recently widowed father who starts to re-enter the dating scene only to realize women find him like catnip because he's has no baggage except a dead wife. So, <laughs> and this star is Walton Goggins, who is um, best known for Justified, I think, but he's always been the bad guy in a lot of weird movies I've seen. And he, he has like a very yes. unique face. So it's interesting to see him play into this comedy arm. And I was surprised by how like cute it was. Yeah. I, this was very surprising to me. I didn't know what it was yeah. about. It's a stupid uh, With name. the title, The Unicorn, it's like, well, yeah, what could it be? Anything. And really, it just comes from this one line in the show where they're like, oh, you're a unicorn on dating apps because you're not divorced and you're not like a weird, creepy person who's still like single at 50. Yeah. You're just, you're someone who is great and been nice, but whose wife has died and now you're available again. So so that's the the title where the title comes from. But overall, I thought this was funny. And this is a show where there's not a real premise mm-hmm. to it other than the fact that it's this widow who's getting back in the dating world. But it's mostly about like him and his friends and his yeah. daughters. And it feels like a sitcom that would have been made like in the 90s, yeah. you know, like a friends type of thing where it's like, well, no, there's not really like a <laughs> yeah. weird hook to it. It's just like funny. Yeah, people. it sort of reminded me of single parents 
parents, but like single parents was such a tryhard. It was like very shiny and like, oh, yes. everyone's so quirky. Whereas this just feels like, okay, yeah, it seems like a normal family and like there's some funny friends in the background, but nothing's like too over the top. It's it's sort of easy to watch and enjoy. Yeah. Maybe that tryhard thing, maybe that's another reason why I didn't like Perfect <laughs> Harmony. I feel like that Perfect Harmony and single parents for me are filling a similar <laughs> void of why, of why I did not like them. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we can move on from that though for now. Just, you know, we have other things to talk about, but Okay. Um top 3, we have ABC's Stumptown, which is I guess based on a comic. I had no idea existed, but it's here and it's a TV show now starring Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother and of course Jake Johnson's featured in it from New Girl. It's about a military vet who's going through some stuff, has PTSD, and ends up through a series of events becoming a private investigator. I saw a lot of trailers for this, and I thought it looked so dumb. I was not looking forward to this at all. I was so like bothered by the way they were selling this that it just seemed so cheesy and silly. But I was really pleasantly surprised by this. It ended up being my number two, and it was number five for you. Yeah, this I was also thought would, oh, this is going to be bad Mm -hmm. because this is like where all of the money went this season. I mean, it has a big name star from How I Met Your Mother, a big name star from New Girl, which are probably like the two most successful sitcoms in recent memory, like in the last however many years that aren't currently still running. And then you also have this woman, uh, Cameron Mannheim, who is from The Practice and Person of Interest. You have Michael Ely, who's another big star, like a lot of big names. It's a comedy slash procedural sort of where, yeah, there's a mystery every week, but it's not too serious. It's not too gritty. It's like all of these comic actors kind of like goofing around. But I found it sort of heartwarming and fun and like very easy to watch yeah and it was a very diverse cast which was surprising given it takes place in portland which is like the whitest city in america but and then her brother has asperger's the the cop is mixed and then there's this native american casino culture or something that's all very interesting and they did a really good job with her ptsd from her um military experience and they thought she was such an interesting character that they could have really leaned into sort of, I don't know, making her one way or the other, but she just seems like a very real complex sort of person who's dealing with some very dark demons she doesn't want to admit to. And I just think it, it, I haven't watched the next episode, but it's like on my mind that I would click play if it came up on my Hulu. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It opened to 9 million, which I think is the highest out of any of these Mm -hmm. shows. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like, yes, this is going to be on for the next 10 years. Like, this is a hit. They're good to go. You know, it's like ready-made and... Yeah, gonna watch it. it was the highest rated of shows this year. But second is our second place, which is Emergence on ABC, which is another huge surprise for me. Honestly, I thought this was going to be trash. Yes, I thought this was going to be the second coming of Manifest. Yes. I was burned <laughs> on that last year with the sort of like wannabe lost weird uh-huh. alien vibes. This is about a sheriff who goes to what she thinks is like a plane crash site and finds this girl unharmed who can't remember anything. She has amnesia, but you know, also she like can maybe move metal. (laughs) Yeah. Very 11. Start disappearing Uh around her. Yeah. Like what kind of supernatural powers does she have? But I thought this was 
oddly uh, captivating. Mm-hmm. I was very hooked watching this, and I haven't watched a second episode, but I definitely <laughs> like maybe will. Yeah, yeah, it was a soft maybe. I you had this number two, I had it number four. Um, it has Allison Tolman from Fargo, who is playing the exact same character. Oh, really? By the way, yeah. as she plays in Fargo, <laughs> she is also like a kindly Midwestern yeah. sheriff in that show. So. <laughs> Yeah, and this was originally NBC ordered the pilot, but it was ended up being picked up by ABC. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, like we said, it's still highly rated, 93%. It had 8.4 million people watching the premiere, 1.6 Nielsen rating. And it does sort of like take you by surprise because like I said, I watched Bachelor and this was overplayed all the time. And it was just the stupidest teases where it's like, that medicine, what do you take it for? And he's like, well, it helps me get better. And she's like, no, it doesn't. And it's just like that on loop. Always, always, always. But it ended up being kind of cool. And in the end, there's this twist where the little girl like knowingly takes a box cutter to her freaking neck and like tears out this weird, mysterious pill or tracer or something. And it was like so gnarly to watch. And I was surprised they went there. So... I'm and also, like, interested. then does she know who she is? Right, does she exactly. remember something? Is she playing dumb because she knows where this weird computer chip is or whatever in her yeah. brain? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, this will not be a lost-sized phenomenon. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever get that again on network television. But for the people who liked Lost, I mean, mm-hmm. I think this sort of and are still watching network TV, this has that similar vibe to it and apparently is doing it better than a lot of other shows that have attempted in recent history. And the fact that Manifest is still on air is honestly like a testament to the fact that people are hungry for something in this in this world and i feel like are gonna yeah. latch on to emergence well i think you found something to latch on to with your number one pick which is our final ranked show evil from surprisingly cbs so tell us matt why'd you love this this is <laughs> shocking because this is two years in a row that i have somehow managed to game the system accidentally and get my number one as the group number one well, hopefully this one's a little better because i liked it too in a weird way Yeah, this is a procedural, uh, but there's a kind of an interesting hook into it. It stars um, Katya Herbers from Westworld, and she is a skeptic who, like, doesn't believe in supernatural things, but is recruited by this... Well, she's a forensic psychologist, so... Yes, yes, but recruited by this, like paranormal guy who believes in the supernatural and demons and angels and otherworldly mm-hmm. things to investigate these kind of uh like crimes that maybe have a supernatural bent to them so this first whole episode is about this man who claims he's demon possessed and like is he actual de- actually demon possessed is he joking there's it has to me like a very fringy feel to yeah. it like i don't know if you ever watched fringe mm-hmm. or also like person of interest where there it's a procedural but it's not running at your basic level it's like a procedural with some other kind of like supernatural element to it yeah and the thing that was great about fringe is like for the first couple seasons it was pretty like 
straightforward, like weird things are happening, but we're investigating. But then in the later seasons, it veered off into kind of more of a more of a losty type show where it was less each episode is a different case and more of just like a whole world of weird things going on, which I feel like this has the potential to do. Mm-hmm. And Michael Emerson is also in it from Lost and Person of Interest. So yeah. playing some weird creepy guy again. <laughs> I yeah, think I mean, I think, what, I think what was interesting for me is like this is sort of operating on like, is this real? Like is are demons real or because in the first episode at least i haven't watched any other ones but it's sort of eventually explained away by really justifiable explanations of what actually happened which i found much more interesting than just leaning full into like oh aliens exist like demons are real type thing you get from something like fringe and so that was interesting and it was actually much more creepy than i thought cbs could go um yes there's this whole like Thing where she ends up having night terrors and she has this demon that would visit her in her bed and was very like inframature creeptastic and freaky to watch and it was it was very unnerving which I didn't it was weird that this show exists on CBS and maybe that's judgmental of me but <laughs> yes yeah no it is strange because it feels very much like uh, something that'd be on maybe amc or like tnt mm-hmm. the the not demon possessed maybe demon possessed killer there's some like flashbacks and stuff to him like murdering yeah. people in very gruesome ways as well so there was a darkness to this that i was <laughs> uh, surprised like, yes. to see and especially because i've seen these billboards around town that are just like evil in this woman's face i had no idea what it was about yeah. while i was watching it i was like this is this is captivating i hope that they do eventually lead into the supernatural where it's like yes there are demons but oh, really? then you have to decide in each of these cases like is this person faking it or aren't they faking yeah it? yeah I liked that it's like, oh, it was fake. But then there's this part of her that's still like, I don't know, like that. I don't know. The demon knew too much about me, like being scared to sleep. And all of it was just a little creepy. And she's into her Luke Cage boss. And it's all very um, ooh, mysterious. But she's married. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that that demon, oh, so George gross. the demon, will show up in like every episode. Do you think he'll be like a staple or was it just for this I one? I think so. I kind of hope so. Cause if it just like switches every, I think that would help maybe have this continuity and this interesting character arc for her. Cause she's clearly had something going on where she, it seems like they're setting up for some reveal of why she doesn't believe in God or demons or whatever. And I feel like that would help kind of have a common thread oh, throughout yeah. the episodes. Mm-hmm. My one question was I like, like that. all her children looked the exact same age to me. Like I was very confused how she had like yes, four daughters yes. who were all nine or 11 or something. Maybe like one of them was a twin or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> there was just a lot. There's also like her mother is a character who only shows up once. Oh, yeah. and It's kind of like a rock and roll. Like I'm a party or grandma type <laughs> yeah. thing, which I feel like could also be interesting, but really wasn't addressed very much yeah. in the pilot. So things to go back to. <laughs> I like a pilot that's that 
makes you intrigued about the world and feels like there's a there's a lot of loose ends and things that you can grasp and doesn't feel like it needs to shoehorn everything into the first episode right. some of these just feel like bloated oh, with yeah. stuff and then also some of them feel like okay well yes this is a premise but like how long can you this last for like how long can we <laughs> yeah. be doing an immigration test for oh right so yeah i mean given all that like what show do you see yourself watching more of i guess you are obsessed with carol's second act for whatever reason but any others in there or you know carol's second act is just like filling a void for me that i don't have <laughs> like that kind of like heartwarming comedy that i really right. like and so i've been watching that i could see myself watching evil i saw people talking about it on twitter mm. and saying that episode four apparently is crazy and really good oh. Which made me want to jump back into that. I could also see myself watching more of Emergence. Mm. If I hear things like, oh, that's really good. I could see myself binging that at some point. Yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm watching Perfect Harmony. Freaking no shame. I also am interested to jump back into Stumptown and see if it, if like the second episode carries it forward in the same way the first episode did. But then, yeah, I mean, Evil is one that I'm intrigued by, but I don't. I'm like, I'm not really into scary demon stuff either. So I don't know if I can handle much more creepy night terror stuff. <laughs> Stumptown feels like the choice of whoever watched The Rookie last year <laughs> would watch Stumptown this year. That feels like very much an overlap to yeah. me of audience. Well, good. And I'm, then I'll definitely give it a go because The Rookie is a delight. And I honestly... I think overall, this year's shows maybe are better, but I don't think I'll like a show as much as I like The Rookie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is terrible. Ugh, <laughs> The Rookie, what a nightmare. I, as we were talking about it, I was like, you know, more. I think I liked more of these than I liked things last yeah. year. Like Looking at last year's list, I feel like there was a lot more dead weight than right. there is this year. It's interesting, though, that they've already cut so many shows this year or like that there's yeah. things that you feel like are on the outs or are headed that way, where last year it's like they all just sort right. of lasted forever and then died <laughs> off silently. Yeah, yeah, I could see myself enjoying a lot of these were they to come on randomly if I had cable in that way. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll leave this on and watch an episode of The Unicorn. Why not? Whereas last season, last year, I would have turned off a lot of those. (laughs) Like, I think Batwoman's getting cut. (laughs) I think that that Almost Family is 100% getting cut. I could see Nancy Drew not lasting very long. There's no need for it. It's Riverdale exists, you know? The thing you have to ask, though, is like Nancy Drew feels like it's a cheap show to make. Like there's no star talent. Like why would they cut that? Where Batwoman feels like it's probably very expensive. And if it's not doing well, they should just can it. Although there's so that's in that CW superhero verse, you know, with like Supergirl and Arrow and the Flash and whatever. So if it gets tied into that, I could see it maybe being more successful because who watches those shows? Yeah. And, you know, comic book shows are taking over. So I feel like they'd end up putting more money towards that and cutting something like Nancy Drew or I guess that's the only two shows they had this year. I could also see Mixed-ish getting cut. I honestly, Yeah, I think I I think Almost Family definitely. And then I feel like Bob Hart's Abishola, I feel like would, but I don't understand CBS totally. So who knows? I don't think that's going anywhere. Carol's second act for you not liking (laughs) it, I feel like has been getting good reviews. So I don't think that's going anywhere. 
Um, and then all of these, I mean, friggin' FBI survived last year, and that was the most boring <laughs> procedural that has ever happened. Yeah. So if that can survive, I feel like most of these <laughs> the are The neighborhood surprised, which was so shocking to me. Yes. And that had horrible that reviews. Terrible. That was like 20% last year, but it has season two, which is just like so surprising. That has, it has to just be that like, they really want to make that guy from New Girl happen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, that is it. <laughs> this was fun. I I so enjoyed watching all of these. Like watching, only having to watch one episode mm-hmm. of them all. Like such yeah. a blast. Can't wait to do it again <laughs> yeah. next year. Just like revisit your feelings and see who hurt you as a child and try to understand like why you can't just allow yourself to enjoy a funny musical driven comedy it's just it's a delight i think you should give it another chance and maybe you can look at yourself (laughs) and decide who made you an ageist (laughs) against women going back to work i'm ageist against women who talk down to their bosses just because they're older that is frankly so annoying so okay this episode has gone too long follow us on social media (laughs) watch carol's second act it's great (laughs) otherwise you can skip the rest of these okay bye